I punch him? <laughs> Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Best of Five. Tonight on the show, we're going to rag on that esports dress. Mike, didn't you just say a moment ago you wish you had a dress? Yeah, an esports dress. Is it? Because he's a... Uh, I mean, we'll get back to that. We'll get back but. to it. <laughs> uh, tonight on the show, we also have a special guest. We have Persia. I'm not going to lie. Part of it, obviously, we want to talk about her exo academy and all that cool stuff that she's been I doing. Think that's most of it. That, obviously. But <laughs> then I also thought to myself at one point, I was like, dang, four dudes talking about the esports dress. What if we asked a woman's that opinion? That's true. Which, incidentally, is what the esports uh, dress creators should have done. Um, and we'll be talking about that here in a moment. We are joined, as we always are, by none other than John Velociraptor Guerrero. He writes for EventHubs.com, and he just got a real nice haircut. He's looking sharp. Thank you so much. I was worried about it, and uh, so I appreciate that you would say something nice like that, even if you don't mean it. Oh, I mean it, buddy. And we have uh, Big Papa Ace, I think is what he wanted to go by from now on. With an uh, even nicer haircut. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. I thought you this would go unnoticed, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, that's Ace King Offsuit, a.k.a. Steve Jurek, a.k.a. Lord Spreadsheets, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just going with that. Shout out to Space you're, Dive. You're right on all accounts. Thank you, Space Dive. Time the show. Really bad about thinking ourselves. I know. Should I get the gifts going, Elon? You got, do I have time? What's going on? All right, here we go. This is a classic. The old Jean-Luc Picard. He's very Aww. impressed with you. Okay, going back. Oh. Greetings, mortal. <laughs> Sorry, you said the Jean-Luc as well. Already happened. What if they? Yeah. What if they tro like just troll us the entire episode long? By like, every time we start to try to talk, they subscribe. Well, we're gonna see Jean-Luc Picard be all night. Never do that. Hot because uh, I've decided that it's Jean-Luc Picard night. Okay, tonight on the show we're gonna have a recap of the events of, that happened over the weekend. We're also gonna talk about if you remember last week, we're right before the Evil Games were revealed. Now a whole week later, we're coming to you with hot takes. <laughs> Uh, we're also going to have time to gestate, you know, to really <laughs> think about it. It's important. Celebrate. It's important. Some other stuff has happened, of course. Um, you know, there was uh, some Mortal Kombat leaks. There's all kinds of funny shit to talk about and fun stuff to talk about. But most importantly, gentlemen, join me in wishing this gentleman a happy birthday. Michael Donka Schiller was born on this day several years ago. Yeah, at least five. Yay. Happy birthday, Mike. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Let's get that recap. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, Steve, you just go right into the recap, killing the momentum go of the ahead. show. All right, pal? That it's sounds you, like a plan of some sort. Uh, big weekend for not only the Japanese Street Fighter League, but the American Street Fighter League. Uh, both were in action this past weekend. Let's start over in Japan. Uh, with the Japanese, the Street Fighter League powered by Rage. Uh, this was a, coming into round seven and eight, everyone was separated by just two points. A little bit of separation now for Nemo's team uh, with a couple of strong performances. Uh, he, they are now out in front, uh, two points clear of Daigo and Itazan's team, and most importantly, three points clear of Fudo's team, which is fourth place. Remember, the top three teams at the end of round 10 go to the championship round. So uh, that's going to be a very tight fight uh, this coming weekend for the last spots in that final. Did, did you watch any of this, Steve, like live? Uh, 
Uh, I was not able to watch any of this live. Uh, the hours are just brutal for me. No, of course. Same same boat here, and probably for most people. I was just hoping that maybe someone did so that we could confirm <laughs> that Tokido is officially washed up. Uh, <laughs> All you need is but, a board. Uh, the, the one person who could is Doc FU. I'm sorry, who? Doc FU. G. Okay. Copy that. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, follow Doc Fugu. Uh, he's got recaps of all of the episodes, including they had a special episode on Saturday that involved virtual YouTube stars. Okay. Sweet. Not enticed to watch it any more than it had been. All right. <laughs> moving on. Uh, we also had our first action uh, related to the United States version of the Street Fighter League. Uh, the first of the online qualifiers took place one for the Western half and one for the Eastern half up to snuff took it over uh, former Texan. I guess we can say at this point, Doc Adelis, uh to get the first spot uh, to represent our first spot in the draft for the West coast and over on the East coast, you know, more Midwest than or more Midwest mid East than East coast Rob TV taking it over Mike too strong. Uh, so both of those guys are going to be in the draft for uh, the street fighter league teams. Remember the teams will be one top player from the CPT leaderboards, uh, one of the online qualifiers and one person from uh, an online vote very similar to how they do it for a summit. And that process is actually just kicked off. So if you're interested in getting nominated, uh, you can head over to smash.gg and nominate yourself uh, for the online qualifier for the online vote. Uh, speaking of online tournaments, uh, super smash brothers ultimate had their second round of, North America Open events wrap up this past weekend. Numbers taking it uh, to represent Team Northeast. Mystic over Tipster to win the Northwest region. Devante getting it done in the Southeast. And Arrow, after finishing second in Qualifier 1, gets the win in Qualifier 2. So those four players are headed to PAX East to represent their prospective teams. Uh, the third and final qualifiers will take place this weekend with the finals happening the same weekend as final round. And then I don't have a graphic for this, but the Tekken 12v12 team event was this past weekend. This was Team Japan versus Team Korea, and Team Korea fell to Team Japan by a score of 12 to 12. I thought Koreans were the best Tekken players in existence currently. They are. But, you know, numbers don't lie. They lost 12 to 12. Explain, Steve. Yeah, I need, I need, I need the dirt on this. <laughs> okay, so there, was, there, there were actually three parts to this competition. The first one was an online qualifier, and I believe it was B-Dash who won uh, the final spot for uh, Team Japan. After that, they were split into teams of three, and they would have a uh, each team of three would face another team of three. Whoever won that won an extra life for their team to revive a teammate either immediately or later on in the competition. Japan swept those, so they had four extra lives. 
So Korea actually had to win 16 sets in the 12v12 to win, while Japan only had to win 12. Thus, that's how they won 12 to 12. When I wasn't listening, say it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, you know what happens sometimes, Steve, is that uh, I don't know what events are coming up this coming weekend early enough, and I wonder if there's anything that Best of Five could do to remedy that so that I know what to watch when the weekend comes around. Um, Did Jamar have an idea about that? I believe he did. In fact, he sent us a tweet, which I have not screen grabbed, but I will read for you here. Best of Five show and Ace King Offsuit. You get your individualized shout-out. As a longtime listener, I have a suggestion that maybe y'all can name any upcoming tournaments for the upcoming weekend as a segment. Sometimes I miss what tournaments are happening because of being busy with work and such. Yo, that's the same problem I have. Steve, please. Do, it, it, I mean, let's ask the chat. Is this something that would be beneficial to you guys? Would it, Jamar would it asked help? for it, and I already set it up, Steve. You can't ask the chat now. What if the chat says no? Well, then that's the risk we got to take. You know, I, I believe in Jamar's idea strongly enough that I believe it's worth risking asking the chat. We're getting get some yeses. Out. We're getting some grabs. Damn, we got some no's. <laughs> we got a block. <laughs> Somebody said yes a thousand times, so I think that's good enough. Oh, yeah, that, that counts more. That literally counts for a thousand. So, all right. Looks like we're doing that segment. Steve, are you prepared to do that segment this week? Um, I believe so. Hell Ask yeah. me what's happening this weekend. Steve. We're going to offend someone with the site. <laughs> I'm just waiting for who it is. But... <laughs> Hey, Steve. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. Setting you up for, for, for success here. Go ahead. Yeah. Steve, what's going on this weekend? Not a whole bunch in the turn of uh, big events. You've got the last two weekends or the last two rounds of the uh, Japan Street Fighter League. But the big, big events uh, coming up are going to be final round in a week and a half, which is the kickoff for the Capcom Pro Tour this year. As well as, you know, even though it's not part of the Tekken World Tour, it's going to be a big, big Tekken event in the Atlanta region. Always, you know, Atlanta Tekken is always hot. So uh, that's going to be hot, 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 hot. Apparently, I can say hot like 10 times in a sentence. You proved it. No good reason. Um, Did you all know that it was Mike's birthday? What? Guys, it's Mike's birthday, and it's almost as if we should take the opportunity to market by doing a giveaway. Steve, set us up. Um, well, I think we got to do our give- my giveaway first. Oh, to clear out the wheel. okay. Sorry about that. Let's bring well, out we, the wheel. We, we, we could talk about Evo because that's all kind of connected. Mm-hmm. Steve, why don't you just do all the setups and do the show <laughs> for me because I'm terrible at this. Can you be the new host? Sure. Get, l- let me get that raise. Mm. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> that was a. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? I want to see the wheel spin. Yeah, me too. All right, let's do the wheel spin. So, how, wait, how come uh, there's names on this wheel already? Is this the collusion wheel, as John said? This was. Uh, this is from our contest from the from our Evo prediction game. Uh, nobody got exactly uh, nine. No one predicted nine games and got all nine right. So we had six people who predicted nine games and got eight out of nine, right? So that's Zach Rez, Drew or False, OG Geek 2016, CWP 1907, Albert Sean 5, excuse me, and Onsalfo. 
one of those players will win a copy of the Evo 2019 game of their choosing, and a second one will win a copy of Street Fighter uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Edition for PS4. And these, you guys know, before the show started, uh, I heard him talking about it. Jewer False is going to win the first one, and then OG <laughs> Geek's going to win the second one. <laughs> and if that happens, I'm walking off. Unless one of the other guys pays us more first, but um, go ahead. Right. Yeah, DMs are open. PayPal. Cash app. All right. All right. So go ahead, Steve. What you got? Let's do it for the main, for the grand prize. Spin to win. Go through the motion. Right, like the last six times. If it's true or false, damn dog. Damn it. Who's that? It is on Salfo. Congratulations. Yeah, that sounds like the name of somebody in the continental United States. (laughs) I hope so. Uh, Now, if you didn't win that, that's okay. We've got a second chance uh, for the copy of Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Edition for PS4. Go ahead and spin that. Beaver for the win. Shout outs. Claps for you. Okay, who we got? Oh, oh my second oh, choice was right. Damn, you, uh, he switched it. Somebody paid us for the first one. Elon was not quick enough to in fix time the, the, the collusion, one. but he couldn't get both. <laughs> hey, shout outs to you. You get one that's been touched by Steve, a uh, Street Fighter anniversary collection that's been touched by Steve. He's breathed on it, everything. <laughs> it's worth more, but you do with it what you want. <laughs> oh no, don't, All right, let's don't do one more. the real wheel. <laughs> right, here we see. go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Who guessed it? Damn, Drew Falls, you're lucky. Um that last one was up. for shits and giggles and does not <laughs> work for anything but Shasta Alon for the comedic timing. Okay. Later in the game or in the show, we will come back and we'll do a giveaway with Miguelito over here. But for now. We're going to talk about the now fully gestated Evo games list. We have a graphic with all the titles in case you missed it and the announcement. Of course, there's a lot of names that you would expect to see there, but probably the two that you did not were Undernight in Birth and Sam Show. That sounds about right to the rest of you guys, right? I was, I mean, like none of them, none of the games individually are like completely out of the realm of possibility, but like, those two making it in and Melee making it out were predicted by just about no one. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any evidence that anyone in any one of these types of giveaways predicted these nine games. They really did something different this time And you around. were adamant that Melee was going to make it in. I, at the end, started talking about how it might not. Dang. But obviously, we, and we'll, let's now, save I was, the melee I, topic I was, here. I was surprised about Undernight. Steve definitely called that one. I had no. I'm pleasantly surprised. He, he knew something. Course. He knew something. That's such a specific. Wait, pick. Steve called that. Yeah, Steve I called did? that. What did you say? What What exactly did you say? I I said that Eunice is you know, be the in. momentum of that game, uh, especially with so many quality games out there, it felt like it things were working in its favor, and I'm so glad to see that community get a chance to shine on the spotlight. I think that's one of the things that's been sort of lost in all of the talk about Melee. It's like, okay, it's not just all about Melee not being in. We'll get to Melee. We'll get to Melee. being in. Um, I mean, I didn't even know that game existed. I think you colluded. Uh, and, and there's been a ton of, uh, of uh, articles and videos, and this is what Eunice is. Hey, if you don't know what it is, check it out. Here's my article on Medium. Or here's a video where I break it down, or here's some high-pass matches to get your feet wet. But I didn't click on any of those. 
What can you tell me about Unist, man? So Unist is made by a company called French Bread, who was known before that for making the game Melty Blood. That's the one with like all the little girls? Yeah, it's a game with a lot of little girls. It's based on a visual novel that came out in Japan a long, long time ago. And it's actually a pretty good game. And eventually they ended up coming out with the arcade release of what was then called Undernight in Birth Unib. It was a really terrible game when it came out with a lot of infinites. And then they updated it at some point to Uniol, Undernight in Birth EXE Late, <laughs> which ended up getting released in the U.S. and was a really fantastic game that a lot of people loved. You and Eric played the shit out of that game. Yeah, we played that game a lot, um, you know. People were. It was a really hype game, and it, I, at a point, it was probably the most popular anime game. About mm -hmm. four years ago, people thought it would make Evo, and it did not. Mm -hmm. And so the game kind of went under the radar for a bit. Um, Unist, the newest one. I don't even remember what the S and the T <coughs> stand for. If someone wants to tell me, please go ahead. Um, what? Super, super Turbo. Um, that's not Super Turbo. <laughs> You're Ended up coming out eventually. Um, it's a really cool game. It's probably even better than Uniol. Um, there's still a solid scene that's only growing in the U.S. Um, it's a really, I'd say for people who are scared of anime games, it's a lot slower paced and more Street Fighter-y and footsie-based than the average anime game. Okay. While still having a lot of kind of fun, unique anime type. Air dashy uh, shit. Air dashy type stuff. But I think it's a lot easier to digest, and it's made even easier to digest by the fact that the game comes with maybe the most fleshed-out tutorial ever, clearly written by fighting game players, that has details about option selects in the game, about the defensive options, about what pro players do, combos that are actually B&Bs. If you want to learn to play the game, the game itself, and I know Steve talks about this all the time, really does a good job teaching you how to do it. So a question for the days here. Is this almost a better scenario than had it been in Evil the year it came out? And um, what does that say about having a game come out without being tested, being played? And I'm not talking about like Smash Bros. Ultimate. We all know what we're going to get there, and there's a reasonable expectation of, uh, of what that outcome would be. But for a game like uh, Uniel, or Unib, having it, letting it develop and earn its own spot, and then being in Evo, was that a better route? Um, I think that you yeah. get to balance. You have Mortal Kombat there that hasn't earned shit yet, but it, it does stand on a, a huge uh, franchise that's been around for 30 years or so now. And so it's like, yeah, well, you can expect that. And I don't think anyone's unhappy to see Mortal Kombat there. I think that they don't deserve it. But it is nice um, to see that games, it, it gives you a hope, you know, if you're a community where your game is just not a shoe in that you can grow enough and do it right enough that where look at this example where uh, ufc.com slash gov whatever the name is made it in and uh and they and they pretty much did it strictly on uh building a, a good game and a strong community and and they stuck with it long enough and, and made it the american dream or whatever so what you're saying and maybe this isn't like the only outcome but one of them positive outcomes is this should motivate smaller communities to stick to their games, grow their communities, because you too could be featured at Evo? I think it's a smart move by Evo to show that they're more well-rounded, and it's not just that... I mean, and same thing with Melee. I think they could have still made money with Melee, but they chose to go a different direction. Some of these titles are like, yeah, we have to put this in, uh, uh, and, and to not do this would basically like mess with the integrity of the event. But they have wiggle room with some other spots, and it's interesting to go... Uh, and appease different crowds, and I don't just mean crowds of specific games. 
I just mean different, maybe even uh, schools of thought and different approaches. And you have a, a pretty varied lineup here, and I think it's a really good look. And I think it's I, also interesting to oh, know, just really, really quick, that, I mean, this is not the same developer as a lot of these other games. And that's part of why I didn't think it would make it in in the first place. I mean, you look at it, and the games that come out are, you know, Nether Realms gets its games in, Nintendo gets the new Smash games in. Um, what what else? Capcom yeah, gets whatever the hell it sure. wants in other than Marvel Infinite. SNK gets its game in. But this time, it's French bread. And, you know, they've had help from some other producers in the scene getting the game out and stuff and localized. But I had personally naively thought that, you know, French bread's not going to be able to pay the fee that, you know, Evo wants to get in, and they they proved me wrong. So pretty awesome. Steve, uh, what I, you got? And then I'm going to throw a curveball at y'all. I, I, I hate talking about games earning their way in because it makes it sound like the games that didn't get in didn't do an, didn't earn their way in. That's what they I'm didn't saying. Do the right thing, Be, because you have so many communities out there. You have so many scenes out there that could put on a tournament worthy of Evo. Evo, uh, DOA. If that game got in there, I think that would put on a. They would put on a good show at Evo. Uh, KOF would put on a good show. Uh, Exert would absolutely do it. Uh, there's, there's just we're getting into the where it's simply too many games that have the spotlight to please everybody. So now you make decisions, not necessarily on are these necessarily the eight best games or the nine best games, but can we please as many people as possible with these nine slots? Okay. Here's the, and I almost hesitate to bring it up, but it's in the chat. Hyposonic who says, do they even know that Eunice was a last minute replacement for dead or alive six? The theory here is that dead or alive six was yanked. For their core value breaking performance, and therefore Eunice was a last minute replacement. Give me a hot take on it because I don't want to spend too much time on it. Bullshit or true? Um, it could be true. If it is, I don't care. It's sick either way. Um, and it might not be true. And I don't see any sort of reasonable source for that. So I'm just going to act as if it doesn't exist. There you go. Uh, John or Steve, care to comment on this? They're saying it came from Reset Era, but that doesn't make it uh, necessarily valid. I think there's no way to prove it. Um, I just think that uh, one has DOA ever been at Evo before? Yes. Or okay, Old so DOA. so they have, and they just like fell out of the good graces or, or something, and, and that's that's. I mean, you can make this narrative, and people can't really argue against it with facts, sure. but you can't really argue it with facts either, unless you had something cold and hard. So, I mean, uh, uh, maybe who cares? Like, it, it really doesn't matter. Okay. At this point. Like, I'm getting mad no that people are talking about how Sam yeah. shouldn't be in the chat. Like, fuck y'all. Sorry. All right, Steve. Uh, do you even care to that, that, comment that, on this? That, or I do on? want to talk about that though. What? Just a Sam little show? bit. Be yeah, because that's where we're because, taking you it. You know, in theory, it's good that a game like Sam Show, which has been so influential uh, in the scene, gets a chance to shine. But we have no idea what kind of game this is going to be. If it's going to be good or balanced or entertaining, because it's not like they came out with Sam Show three years ago and this is a new version or a sequel. This is effectively a brand new game with a brand new staff working on it. And we're just going to assume that everything's going to work out. I, I, I feel a little uncomfortable about that. What okay. about... Y'all yeah, uh, have had Sam so Sam. many fucking terrible games at Evo. I don't know, man. Like, I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I just don't understand why we would believe that a game made by this company would be bad to the point where it shouldn't be an Evo. The graphics look fine. They look a lot better than KOF 14, which we had at Evo with no problems and no qualms, and people seem to love it. 
I don't know. To me, it seems but like low risk. You wouldn't assume Capcom would make a game uh, that was so bad that it wouldn't be entertaining at Evo, and yet Street Fighter Cross Tekken Vanilla happened. That's true. You know, uh, I remember having a blast watching those team finals of uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken with uh, Air and Infill versus Combofine and uh, Mike Ross. So don't tell me that shit wasn't I fun. I just feel like if the game is really bad, it'll go on early Sunday, and the people who like it will watch it, you know? Well, and if you can't have Mika's standard costume uh, in front of ESPN, how could you have like most of the content that's in DOA? And maybe that just means you don't have them as a Sunday final and that fixes that. This is that, America, but I'm not so sure. and we don't care about violence. We care about nip slips, okay? This game right. is perfectly fine for children to enjoy. What do y'all yeah. think, though, yeah. of this trailer? I'm also biased. I'm super excited for this game just because I love SNK games in general. Um, it's hard to say, man. I mean, for all my shilling I just did, I think most of the old Samurai Showdown games are not exactly the pinnacle of fighting games but they came out in a very different era and they still have a lot of love and they still have their own scene. And I think it's cool that we're getting a revival. I mean, obviously you've seen a lot of these characters make it into other games that people know and love like CVS two has a lot of samurai showdown characters. KOF has some samurai showdown characters, etc. So, and what if this game is amazing and it's done really, really well. And the fact that it's at Evo gives it the fighting chance that it wouldn't have otherwise had. And it goes from being like a, a really good game that a lot of people missed out on to a really good game that a lot of people got to check out and therefore who knows what it means for the you know the future of the franchise. By so, your own I, argument earlier, John, if the game is good, it would be where it needs to be. No, I said that that's good for a slaughter two in the Evo lineup. There are others that are shoe ins and there's ultimately the whole lineup is built from uh, a bunch of different angles and a bunch of different reasons why you might put these games in there and it's good to have as much variety as they put. Mm, okay. That makes more sense. All right. Uh, I didn't mean to step on your point. However, we don't have that much time on the show, gentlemen. Let's talk about the hot topic. What does this mean for Melee? I wish we could get, like, some horror theme. Ah! Or, like, bats fly mm -hmm. by or something, Elon. No, we don't have that. You don't have uh, everything going up in flames, maybe? He, he doesn't have it, guys. Okay, so... I'm going to ask Donka flat out what I said before the show started. Will this kill Melee? You know, I kill melee is a strong term. I don't I think there's like there's no way like melee is not going to die cold turkey because of this. No, like, no, no. What did you say when I said that before the show? I think that this will affect it a whole lot because this is the game. This like Evo without any question is what revived melee at least in large part. I think Steve said the the documentary and Evo were pretty similar in time frame. Melee went from a game that kind of was like a, a, a more niche community that had fallen in numbers from when it was a new game 20 years ago. And suddenly a lot of people got eyes on it. They saw how skillful it was. They saw how fast and fun to watch it was. They realized they still had a copy of it in their basement and they picked it up again and it grew astronomically. And it was like, in many ways, Evo became just as much or more of a melee tournament than it was anything else. It was the granddaddy of melee tournaments. It's what made Mango a you know, huge streamer. It's what made Leffen a household name. It's kind of one of the biggest things in fighting games, period. <laughs> so, so was Evo, you, I think the question now, uh, in given the situation that we're in, was Evo a defibrillator that got you, that, that brought Melee back to life or was it the lifeblood that has now been basically unplugged from Melee? I think it's a combination of both. Um, I think it was more of a defibrillator. I think the, the game could stand on its own. 
But I think the combination of not being in Evo, Ultimate being a game that the scene really likes, and the revival having kind of started to wane with, you know, top players like Armada retiring, Mango becoming much more of a streamer than a serious player, PPMD retiring, et cetera, et cetera. I think when you combine all of those, and I'm not saying this in pure bias, I'm saying I think most people see the writing on the wall, the game is going to fall in popularity. I think there's just no doubt about that. It's on the way. I think this doubt. will be a hit for sure. I, I, I think we are overstating things a little bit. No, you know, there's like a bat I on said the screen. Before, what does that tell you? Oh God, we got the bat. <laughs> you know, in terms of the Smash scene versus other fighting games, for most fighting games, Evo is the big tournament. For Smash, it is a big tournament. So it's not like they have right. nothing else. They have Genesis. They have Big House. They have all of these other big events that they can that the community can rally around, that they can deliver a better uh, Smash experience, a better Smash-centric experience. Where this does hurt is that despite all of that, Evo is still the biggest way for, for a game like Smash or for any other game to get new eyes on, mm-hmm. on that game. Because Evo draws in a crowd that isn't just the hardcore Smash fans, isn't just the hardcore Street Fighter fans. You have people who watch maybe one tournament a year, and it's Evo. And losing that can hurt. Is it going to be a crippling blow? No, absolutely not. Melee is a game that has survived for so long. It, 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 it survives on not moving on. You know, And I, I don't mean that as an insult. These guys, the people who play melee, love melee. They're still gonna, they're still gonna play melee. Okay, but question: This does hurt its growth. It maybe <laughs> melee wasn't it, it gonna grow anymore, Steve. Melee was not gonna grow anymore. If you haven't seen that game by now, then where the fuck you been? I feel no, like, but it, it grew, it grew in numbers, I believe. At, yes, at, uh, previous but Evos in 2019, how much more of an audience are you gonna grow melee? How many more people are gonna join that? FGC or, or community or want to play that game. Regardless. Well, you have an entire new group of people that are going to be there for Ultimate that might not have yeah. looked at Melee like Shout they did before. Shout out to Nintendo. Yeah. I'm I happy mean, for you that. I think every you tournament for Melee will go down in, in numbers from last year. So that was and the I question. Would, I would bet money on it. Do you think CEO then is like, maybe we don't need Melee there either. Do you think that other tournaments that are uh, FGC proper as opposed to standalone Smash events that start saying, you know what, Ultimate's nice, Melee... Not so much. Time will tell. I, I, I think there's going to be more separation between the two scenes. You know, the, the, they're, they're sort of, they came together because they both benefited each other. Even, back in 2013 and up through this the last couple of years, Evo benefited from having Melee all, as much, if not more, than Melee benefited from Evo. Now they're both scenes are able to stand on their own, do their own thing, and deliver experiences that they both enjoy. So it's not going to be a crippling blow either way. What else, no. y'all, what else y'all got on Evo? I mean, it, it, at, at some point, like, the thing about Melee was it was a lot for Evo to run. It has almost no overlap with other games compared to other games, and there are stats that have shown that in the past. They need an entirely different set of equipment. They need all these like modded Wii U's and they need a million CRTs and they need places to store those and plug them in. 
Evo is at a point where it's filling these gigantic arenas and these gigantic spaces. And at some point, like, this is the easiest thing to give up. So I don't think it's just fuck you melee. I think it's just a lot of things at once that made it happen. Now, I mean, part of what people are sad about is it felt extremely genuine the way melee. <laughs> you mean that little send-off video? That send-off video was like, <laughs> he had to put it together in iMovie. Right? Like, yeah. It was like one of the worst edited, like <laughs> ugliest, like Mimi. Like, honestly, you saw that and you were like, oh, they're kidding, right? Like this is a joke. No, I was like, say. And I, was I thought they were going to say that Evo was, at, of course it's going to be an Evo after that. Like, it was so bad. When I saw it, I was like, oh, they're probably going to show that awesome moment where this, or that awesome yeah, classic moment. At least they're going to put these great moments. And I really didn't feel that. I, I could have used some more, like, H-Box crying, or and there's just so much more. It kind of <laughs> felt like an afterthought for sure. It, it, I, it felt to me like that was their attempt to be genuine, to say, hey, you know <laughs> what? We're not trolling you. Because the last few years, there's been sort of that trolly relationship between, especially between Wizard and the Smash community. So playing the video, which is something they hadn't done for any other scene, by the <laughs> way, um, this was their way to say, you know what? This we're for real. We're, we're not trolling you. We're not teasing you. You're not going to be here. We're 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 serious about this. We're not saying this because ha ha. We're saying this because we're serious about it. With a sense of respect, you know, they didn't do that for, I mean, the question two years ago was, will Street Fighter 4 be around? And the question last year was, will Infinite be around? And the answer to those were just both no without a, you know, send-off video, so, or, or a, uh, Fair enough. Or a Fair sorry, enough. you're not making a video. But, um, but I almost wonder, don't you, John, what if they just hadn't done the video? Uh, it'd be the same thing, who cares? Like, but, I mean, it was a nice, like, acknowledgement, because Evo and Melee have had a relationship, and it's been significant, um, and, and, and yeah, Evo served as either the defibrillator or the lifeblood, probably the first uh, or the prior for this game. So it makes sense. Like they have more of a history, more of a relationship. Um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up about this while we were still on it is the, um, the Sunday lineup. And it's mm -hmm. reduced down to four games, which makes total sense um, because it was just going too late otherwise. But the four games are Tekken 7, Smash Ultimate, Street Fighter V, and then Blaze Blue cross tag battle, and that means that two games that I think would be an, an argument to to have on the Sunday finals would be either Mortal Kombat 11, hell yeah, because it's it's you know it's uh, even though it's not out yet, it hasn't proved itself. It's Mortal Kombat. It's a visual kind of you know it's it's all about It'll the be presentation, super the entertainment. Emo. Yeah, yeah, and. Dragon Ball Fighters, yep. which was the, if I'm not mistaken, the most watched of the finals last year, and that got a Saturday spot to Cross Tag Battle. No offense to there, but that's an interesting choice to me that they would put that in the finals lineup and well, kick out both of those other two. It is weird. Do I, I mean, you can probably sell more ads, get more click-through ads uh, if you have large viewership gathering uh, events spread out over two days or instead of one. Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that isn't the normal type of stuff. I mean, yeah, I guess the thing about being like the first game on Sunday, is that better than being the last game on Saturday? We don't really know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's money behind that that we haven't we haven't seen. But I, I sure. completely agree with you. It does seem strange that Cross Tag Battle would be in a possibly more favorable position than Mortal Kombat 11, which I think based on the fact that it'll be releasing like three months before EVO, and has been, you know, super popular in the past. It, it's kind of shocking. Steve, what do you? What are these uh, Evo all-time uh, stats that you have here? 
Oh, just to show how ev- how ingrained Melee has become in the Evo lineup. You know, we talk about games that have been there forever, and Melee is right up there. If we look at the all-time stats on this, uh, you see Melee, there's not a whole bunch of games that have been in Evo, in the Evo era, more often than Melee. I mean... You look at Street Fighter 4, you look at Third Strike. The, you know, these are games that have been Evo staples, and Melee's been up right up there. Uh, especially since 2009, since the big uh, East, the the rebirth uh, slash golden age of the FGC. Uh, only Street Fighter 4 and Marvel 3 have been there more often than Melee. And, you know, Smash Wii U was there four years in a row as well. You know, that's a game that we're not even talking about. But that game, you know, Smash has become a big part of Evo. So it is a big deal when a game like Melee doesn't make the cut. Guys, we've been talking about Evo a whole lot. Clearly we're excited. And, um, you know, it gets a big footprint on the episode because it's got a huge footprint on on the scene. But let's move on to the most fun I had over the last seven days, which was... And I'm going to put a spoiler warning out now. If you don't want to get spoiled... Let me say one last thing about Evo, which is that Samurai Show <laughs> motherfucking fucking Mike. sick, dude. I'm yeah. so hyped. Like, let's I like play Sam's birthday, show. son of a bitch. Um, Sam Show, will you play it on the show? Yeah, hell yeah. We're talking. Okay. Mortal Kombat 11 had its base roster leaked, presumably Ooh. by a tester. They're under NDA. How dare they? We're all really mad. But in the same way that... In journalism, if somebody puts it on your doorstep, you can run it. I didn't do the stealing. It was handed to me. Um, We are going to peruse the list. Thank you, Finitude. Here, in fact, spoiler warning over, uh, it's happening now, um, is the roster. We just lost all contact with Ultra David. (laughs) See you later, Ultra David. Hey, we we gave a good warning. That was a good warning. Somebody be sure to later tweet at him and say, hey, we're not talking about it anymore. Okay. Zoom in on, like, the top three rows if you can. Those are some characters. Zoom in on the bottom three if you can. (laughs) Those are the rest. Um, People are pointing out that this is clearly an older build because Cabal, Sub-Zero, and others don't have their masks on, and presumably neither does Aaron Black, who's in the top left, who looks like he's fresh out of Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Um, He's looking sick. Collector is such a sick name. Collector. Now, you don't know if that's his finished look. Maybe he's got some uh, cosmetics, masks, this, that, and the other. What I understand is that looks like that guy looks like a. like like from the Avatar movies. Star Wars 1. Well, the point is, right, he looks alien, but he's like some kind of cyborg with multiple arms. I think General Grievous. That don't look like General Grievous. So that's going to be the the merchant from Resident Evil 4. Yeah, I could see that. Sub Zero looked like he just smoked a big bowl, <laughs> and that he's the who, Joey from NSYNC. He, he does look like Joey from NSYNC. <laughs> wow, that's a cool right. character. Joey for Tone. Let's see the yeah. next row here. Let's see what we got. What we can glean. Um, obviously, Kotal Khan is there. Sick. Uh, looks like a KIT, presumably Katana and OO Noob Noob Cybot. Is it Noob or Noob Cybot? They just call him Noob now. Noob Cybot. They just call him, they just call him Noob Cybot. All right, scroll up a little bit, would you? Okay, Shang Tsung. It's Tobias Boone, Ed Boone, and John Tobias. All right, um, uh, Joh, Jenny Cage, Cassie Cage, Baraka, Devor. Nothing new there necessarily. 
There's Kotalkan looking sick, and there's also some like full I mean, body. There's nothing dumps. that weird in here, right? There's a couple new characters, and you get to see what they look like, but nothing's that surprising. I'm glad Jax um, is in. I had heard Jax wasn't in originally, and that pissed me off. Okay, well, Jax is in there. Because I usually play Jax. And then uh, going along with the theme of these not being completed models, Frost appears bald, and I'll be damned if they're not going to put her badass eyes hair in this Why game. Why are half the characters from the James Cameron movie Avatar? That's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> Why does Kano look like Austin Aries? Is that like, is blue their default Why skin? Why does Garrus and they, look they like me? <laughs> and then we have Jackie at the top, and a character looks like Cetrion, looks like some kind of um, plant-based Swamp Thing-esque Poison Ivy character, maybe? Um, Blueface Lady. And therein concludes the roster leak. Somebody tell Mr. David that he can come back. I mean, there's no, like, I, I was expecting, like, a, a weird guest character or something. We don't see anything like that. Well, there's that. also a ton of empty spots, still. There's a bunch of empty spots. Where was uh, I think Khan? Is he on there? I didn't see him. I saw Shang Tsung. Like, there's no spot for him. And now we can't go back. Well, well isn't SHA, like, Shao Kahn also, potentially? Shang Tsung. But no, it could be yeah, Shao Kahn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised there's not. Get, I, get out of the they usually of save their guest characters for DLC. I think intelligently it makes people buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like the Ninja Turtles were DLC. The whole yeah. movie characters were mostly, <laughs> and that was like the third. Like they, they, yeah. they like uh, backloaded that, uh, that 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 DLC. In MK, schedule. like the horror characters, like Freddy in the original game, then Jason or Freddy in MK9, Jason in MKX, Leatherface in MKX, Alien, Predator, all DLC. So if you're waiting for those type of characters, they'll come event. I'm sure they'll come, but you'll have to pay. Steve, for did you just say it's Shaquille O'Neal? Yes, that is my favorite <laughs> username. Shaquille O'Neal. And you're Shaq right, Jack. Why is Shaq not Shaggy? You're super right. I'll buy a hundred <laughs> copies. That's true. How about that? Um, I'd be uh, uh, stoked if Spawn was in there. He could be a cool character. All right. Um, the combat cast is this week. I believe it's tomorrow. How do those guys feel? They know that we know. And we know that it they sucks, know that we man. know. I mean, this sucks ass for them. It's so bad. Like, all the hype is going to be gone every time they reveal it. But, I mean, oh, well. Well, but there's still, I mean, we're still excited to see how they play. The identity is only so much, you know. And a lot of these are like you expect to see. You know, you're like, it's really cool to see Scorpion and Sub-Zero, for instance. But it's also not surprising to see Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And But I, I did want to ask you guys what you thought about if this is truly the roster. Um, does it like, I don't know, does it pop to you? Is it exciting? Are these characters like the ones that you would want to see or are they kind of like meh? Cause I'm, I'm not certain how I feel, but I, I'm, I'm a little towards meh right now. I think it's lame as hell. I think they had so many good options Haters. for cool old characters. And they you haven't seen everybody on the roster yet. I'm sure it's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't love Mortal Kombat characters that much in the first place, but it feels like they just copy pasted a lot of characters from MKX. Yeah. I would have been fine with Sue Howe. But if you don't include a lot of those characters, you're gonna get mad. You're gonna get people mad at you know, people get characters from the previous game not being in. You know, people have a connection to those characters, so it's either please them by including a lot of those characters and piss off people hoping for some older ones, or include a bunch of older ones and piss off the people who played MKX. It's lose-lose. And we're talking about, you know, a roster of 25 characters at launch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, I, I feel like that isn't a, a number to sneeze at, you know, especially at for a game like this. Yeah, I mean. um, I'm hype. 
I'm excited. I'm glad that my girl got in there, the one that I talked about that I'm not going to mention anymore. Although, speaking of Blades, Deacon Frost, have you guys seen uh, season three of True Detective? Because Steven Dorff is in it, and he does a pretty good job. So y'all should watch that show if you can. Okay. Um, what else you got? That was all the Mortal Kombat 11 fun. We don't have a ton of topics left. However, we do have a giveaway, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, I know what you're waiting for, Quen. But we're waiting. Um, so, Mike... Why are you giving something away? Because you said that Melee wouldn't be in it, or is it because your birthday, or what's it the deal? It was, it was the Melee doesn't make it into Evo, Mike's birthday, Bonanza Bash, <laughs> where I, like, a combination of great things all happened on one day, and so, you know what, why not give away a copy of Eunice <laughs> to celebrate Wait, has... the fact that the convention hall will smell much better? Yeah. Well, has Mike ever won one of the bets he's had with the chat? Jesus, no. I don't know how. I <laughs> swear. Abigail. Abigail never I be in a top eight or someone's premiere. watching. Some of these are getting wild. I'm a little worried about this Shaq bet right now. <laughs> can I'm we just... go to like the horse track or something like that so I can just bet opposite you? I mean, it, it's <laughs> that would be wonderful. Like, I, some of these are like educated, like weird things that I'm betting on, and somehow they <laughs> all come true. So I don't know, man. But so then, how here we doing? We are this? giving away Eunice. Do you have to open up the uh, the waffles or what's the deal here? I think we're just doing our standard thing. Uh, yeah, Elon's working on it, guys. And then you enter in the wheel, and then if you win, we send you Unist. Uh, I think it's on a couple different platforms. You can choose. Okay, Elon, let us know. Can I get my sword back? <laughs> Thank no. you, Bomber Brigade. Bomber Brigade, you're the best. Thank you for the sub, pal. Um, in all honesty, you know, like, I'm not... I don't even know what to say about Melee, man. It's not good that... It's not good to shit on other games, um, especially as someone who's played a lot of games that weren't that popular so i'm sad for melee but i'm happy for Eunice. there you go we did actually have uh uh reactions running the gamut uh from melee players about melee not making the cut we can cut to those if you want what do you got here uh, just one thing before, uh, just one thing before we go the entrant the the way to enter is you type hashtag mike's wrong and then we'll draw a couple names out of that and put them on the wheel so yeah there you go. yeah don't type in raffle type yeah, no, in mike's no wrong hashtag mike's wrong Okay, uh, I'll read one of these first ones here for you. This is Masaya Amsa Chikamoto, the very famous Yoshi player from Japan. On Super Smash Bros. Melee Exclusion, okay, he says, quote, I just want to say thank you so much for having Melee such a long time, from EVO 2013 to EVO 2018 in a row. I'm kind of new Smashers from EVO 2013, though. I'm here because of this experience, definitely. You saved our community. Wow, that's nice. And we'll save other communities this year. As a Melee player, no Melee at EVO was kind of sad, though. I believe Melee is back in the future, and I'm looking... Forward to seeing Evo 2019 as a spectator or viewer. I don't think that Melee is coming back to Evo in the future. That being said, I mean, that's a pretty, like, that's about as graceful of a message as a top player of a game you could leave in this situation. Hard to be mad at that. I mean, here we have Juan Hungrybox Dabidma, famous puff player from the best Smash player right now. Okay, I don't know where he's from. Quote, you know, when I think about it, Full Bloom, Pound 20, 2019, Smash and Splash 5, CEO 2019, Low Tier City 7, Smash Summit 8, and 9, question mark? What's, uh, what's GOML, Gods of Melee or something like that? Get on my level. Get on my level 2019, Momocon, upcoming DreamHacks, Big House 9, all happening for Melee this year. And that's not even including the ones not yet announced. I'm hype. It's a way to look at it if you want it to keep going. And then we have Leffen. He says, no evil for Melee is sad, but definitely not a huge blow. Damn, like everybody's cheerful about this. 
They prioritize well, they games weren't at first. Them. These Oof. are the uh, wait. This these guy's are the slinging. second reactions yeah, of a few of these players for sure. This guy is uh, slinging <laughs> the, the first reactions here. were not these. Okay, well he mm-hmm. says they prioritize games that paid them to be there instead of viewership or community support, and that's sad, but it's also reality. Melee will be fine. Let's celebrate. No best of three majors this year. Um, Salem says finally. <sighs> By the way, Salem got dropped by his sponsor. So <laughs> smart move, dumbass. Like I don't like. What's wrong with you? I, I, I even if this is your belief, I can't like understand. I, I don't know. Whatever. There should be a reality TV show with Salem and Tweety. Yeah. Where they just live in a house. All right, guys. We have actually Tweety just... was at least arguing for himself. Salem was just shitting on others to no avail. It's not like he didn't get somewhere. He's just like fuck melee, dude. Like, it's, like, really weird. Some I, men just want to watch the world done. Uh, and there is so much schadenfreude uh, after they announced his departure from the team. Between that and the years of research, he did not make many friends among uh, Melee's most diehard fans. So people are certainly uh, taking the opportunity to dunk on him. Maybe guys, back off a little bit. but I'm not yeah. actually going to ask you guys about the esports dress. I know you all had opinions on it. <laughs> but we're going to save it. And have that conversation with Persia, who will be on the show in about 10-ish minutes. Oh, you don't want to hear any of their opinions? No. Oh, wow. I kind of heard them before the show, and they are hilarious. Y'all missed out at home. Um, in the meantime, though, our boy Lon has been playing Negan. And even though these clips are not of him, he's going to break down a little bit of what we got going on with this character because he dropped over, the, what, last week? Put the microphone in front of your face, Lon. So the people I was, I can was hear getting you. names on the wheel. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. But it's okay. Now okay. we're ready. Okay, you ready? We're going to watch a clip here, and you're going to tell us what's so sick about this. So, first of all, Negan, does, he doesn't really look like a Tekken character, but the more you look at him, the more he does look like a Tekken character. Uh, and what you saw right there, if you can rewind that just a, a tad. beefy grab. So, what he did right there is go from, uh, back up just a little, or actually, is that the beginning of the clip? Not bro, no, you're right there. Um, so, Negan has a stance that is called the Intimidator stance, and he goes into it right here where he puts the bat on his shoulder, and that's an unbreakable grab. Okay. You cannot break it in any way, shape, or form, so you have to... So he went into that stance and then immediately did the grab, right? Yes. Because I don't feel like I saw the intimidating pose all that much, although there's another clip that shows it off pretty well, right? Yes. Uh, but yeah, so he gets a pretty cool mix-up where you have to either duck the grab or e- or block a mid. Okay. Right, so... Sounds pretty sick. Yeah, and if we could move on to the next clip. There we go. Uh, that move right there is Let's called the Matador, and it's my favorite move ever. It's a, it's his version of a backswing blow where he steps back and just beats the And there's the Intimidator pose. Is it like a counter hit launcher? Yeah. Okay. Um, and we saw the Intimidator pose uh, one more time Here comes. there, and he whiffed the Look grab. It's intimidating. The thing, cool. about, the thing about that stance is the footsies change completely because every button out of that stance is ridiculously big. What's in this clip here? Uh, oh, and this is how much damage he can output. Let's just watch this happen. Let's just keep Damn, watching. I wish what could do that. Let's just keep watching. To your life bar. Let's just keep watching. Hey, y'all right. remember when she was alive? <laughs> Sick. So this the is the kind of good. character that even if he's OP and it looks like he might be, no, I mean, they'll nerf him and they'll fix it, but no one's going to be super mad about it. They'll be like, oh, man, but still, it's Negan. It's okay. He's like, he's such a badass. It's That's like, cool. it's fine that he's stupid and broken if he is. Yeah, uh, everyone seems very happy with it, which is very bizarre because most of the other guest characters people weren't too excited about when they started playing them. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And especially, you know, with the whole argument of like, oh, Negan doesn't belong in Tekken, blah, blah, blah. I think they did an amazing job with his design. I think design. it looks cool. I agree. Uh, they yeah. did an amazing job with how he plays. Every uh, every move of his, uh, every two button of his is with the bat. And he has some crazy counter hit animations with it where, like, either the bat gets stuck on somebody's head or like, he grinds nice. over barbed wire into their face. That seems painful. It's pretty cool. I, of- I, I think that's about part of it is uh, just expectation, you know. When people talk about geese, Geese fits in so well, and he was in a, integrated so well. When they talk about Negan, people were expecting him to stick out like a sore thumb. So the more he fits in, everyone's just going to be like, "Oh, that's a pleasant surprise," as as opposed to you know being disappointed by him not fitting in because that's what everybody expected. Um, people are saying that he should have been a guest character on Mortal Kombat. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, <laughs> yes. What, what if he was? That'd be hilarious. It'd be cool if he was in both. Jeffrey put me in in every game. Okay, I don't. I personally don't think this is anything. But apparently, uh, and I haven't watched the new season of Walking Dead, but there was uh, an episode where uh, on on social media, the Walking Dead Twitter posted um, a pose of a character that had decapitated another character and was holding it up, and they put the fatality and they mm. put it at Mortal Kombat. Mm. So we ran a story about what's going on here. And it's like, well, maybe it's something, maybe it's nothing. But it's like the classic Sub-Zero holding your head pose. and So maybe. I think it's nothing because Ed Boon shortly tweeted back asking to do a crossover. So unless oh, it's it part was, of the misdirection. But he would that. say that. Where's my be, Or it could be that now it's a thing. Who maybe knows? I'm in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Imagine put Donka in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Dude, you wouldn't even have any good moves. I'm not bad. Okay, um, quick hits. E-Fight Pass launches, helps players get visas. I believe Sherry Genix has been uh, kicking ass and taking names there. Um, it's a big deal, man. When we had a like, awesome. uh, we'll player about from Latin America qualify and not be able to go, like we've had top Smash players miss like a year of competing. Like Anything that will help these people get visas is cool. 100%. So I'm a big fan. Uh, player signings. Rise released Kaba. He hasn't gotten picked up yet? I feel like I saw something. Uh, I can check his Twitter real quick. Okay, right. and Liquid released Salem. You're happy about that. I'm and not happy about it. I'm I saw that the guy who most deserves this and uh, clearly is in need, uh, Justin Wong, got picked up by... <laughs> his third sponsor. What was it? Damn it. I'm an asshole. Here, look your second. I'll find it for you. He got picked up by... By... Not, not helping you. You, gotta, you have to be repaired. I know, man. I blew he... it. Kaba's still a free agent. Okay, well, oh, Elgato Gaming. Okay, Elgato, well known for capture cards and stuff Indeed. like. Absolutely. So he's with Vitrix Pro. He's with Elgato and uh, Esports Ecosystem. Is that what it is? He is has that... definitely copied the Daigo model of you know cutting out the middleman instead of being on a team, going straight to the uh, the sponsor and the peripheral itself. So yeah, and that works for him because he's one of those few players where it makes a lot of sense of one fifth of a Justin Wong is more valuable to a lot of sponsors than an entire guy who gets second in your local. Yeah. Or, or honestly an entire guy who gets top eight in a lot of big tournaments. Like there is such a strong drop off. It's crazy. Yeah. Guys, uh, I think that brings us to the panel. Unless we have any final thoughts and then we're going to bring on Persia. Anything gentlemen. Can you say, Persia, one more time. Persia. Oh, well, okay. John, what are you working no, on? No, I had fun. On Event Hubs. Um, dude, it is uh, like like we're trying. waiting for releases for Street Fighter Five news and such. Um, 
because uh, we only do Street Fighter Five, and there's just no Street Fighter Five news right now. So I actually have a story coming out about the history and the evolution of the game, what we started with, and then kind of an in-depth look at all the things that were added, when they were added, and how the game has evolved from vanilla to what it is now. Mm -hmm. And which of Best of Five segments will you steal for this week's episode of the Event Hubs podcast? Oh, I actually, we have a wheel that we're going to put in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. But unlike our wheel, we're actually just going to leave it up to chance. So it'll be actually interesting <laughs> to, uh, to watch. Speaking of which, I think it's time to spin that wheel. Next week, we do have uh, the reveal for the Tech and World Tour details for 2019. So, so that, we'll have something to talk about next week at least. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Can we just put the picture of Sonic from the new movie on the screen? <laughs> I can try to find it while we spin this wheel. Sleeping Master is going to win, by the way. I mean, he's not going to win, by the way. Trevzor. <laughs> Trevzor. Trevzor definitely in the chat all the time. Yeah, we're happy. Shout about outs that. to you, man. You just want a copy of Unist. Yeah. For um, what was the occasion again? For the uh, my birthday slash mainly doesn't make it into Evo <laughs> Bonanza. A annual and holiday from now on. His birthday is on Thursday. <laughs> Every why were all of our parents busy in June? I don't know. Count yeah. months back. Wait, here you I, go. I, I'm, Hit him my with birthday's it. in March. Elon's birthday's in March. I'm an October Trips. baby. Yo, but how about Sonic Ugh. the Hedgehog? He looks fine. Why? What are y'all crying about? Jeez. Why do he looks fine? I want his eyes. I want his eyes to be bigger. You really think he looks fine? The only thing really bad about it is his eyes aren't bigger. The only thing Get over really it. bad about it is that. That's it. That you you have no problem with this at all. <laughs> Not really, man. Well, what's your problem with it? We have yeah, no Mike. What is it? I mean, let's let's go back. Can you <laughs> zoom in on his hands? Yeah. Am I supposed to believe that all his time he wasn't wearing gloves? He just oh, had shit. white fur. He has white fur hands. Was I, he I always like this? Like what? Like everything's wrong. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking okay, about. I, I don't like the hands. They should be gloves. However, still. Does this mean his feet were actually just red fur? It looked like <laughs> shoes. Like I'm. Oh, like, the damn. whole thing is just. Do like, we have confirmation of what his shoes ears, look like? The yeah. Isn't aren't his arms supposed to be the same color as his stomach? Wait, is this a legit picture here? Wait, this, this is real. This one right here, though, with his uh, with his. This is real. The Sonic creator came out and was like, "Please stop." <laughs> really? No, nah, I don't believe you on that. I'm, one. No, I'm serious. I'm like, sure they talked about it beforehand. No, no. no. Okay, wait. Here comes with the shoesies incoming. One second, and y'all instead of bringing on Persia, we're diagnosing the uh, the image here. All right, look, that's not red fur with white fur soles. That's shoes, buddy. All right, guys, we've uh, had enough fun. Sonic the Hedgehog is not, I guess he's in Smash. So you have call that him. fun? <laughs> he looks like a Marvel Infinite character. Having a grand old time here, guys. All right, I'm going to watch Persia. You guys have fun. Thank you so much. And also, I love you, chat. I never say that, but I, I do love you guys. All right, John, thank you very much for being on the show. Steve, thank you very much for being on the show. We will catch you next week. All right, coming on now is Samantha Hancock a.k.a. Persia. Um, if you've followed the fighting game community for any even insignificant amount of time, you know who she is. Um, I most know her, like, seeing her on screen from doing, like, hosting duties. You know, like, where hosting, she's, like... Hosting, commentating, And then, playing, of course, Melee. I'm sorry, uh, Marvel. And she's one of the hosts of Marvel Live. I actually never know, knew if it was Marvel Live or Marvel Lives. I think it's kind of like a, a okay. double entendre on both. 
Well, regardless, she's been doing a bang-up job there. And if you want to talk about people who um, put themselves before the community, she's one of them for sure. Samantha, we've just been introing you. Welcome to the show, by the way. What's up? Is everything like... Okay, my camera was <laughs> yeah, everywhere, but um, yeah. <laughs> we can hear you, we can see you, and we're also awesome. grateful that you're on. So once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we were just talking Thanks about uh, we were just talking about how, um, or I was mentioning that where I most have seen you on streams or FGC related things is doing commentary for Marvel. Um, <laughs> when you think of your place in the FGC and all the things that you've done, what do you identify as? Um, yeah, that one's tough now because I have kind of been going through different roles in FGC and like just trying to find more avenues for myself in the community and just in gaming in general. So I think I still consider myself like a commentator and a host, you know, even though lately the past year or so I've been doing more hosting work and less commentary, I still kind of feel like I'm a commentator first. So, um, that's kind of, I guess how I look at myself <laughs> like uh -huh. in my business cards say commentator and host so I'm gonna stick with that just for my own sanity <laughs> and uh just for context here how long have you been in the game in like, like FGC land I guess like because okay. you know there's like two so, different right because you know, I'm, I'm pretty much an 09er like when I first right on, heard same. about the FGC yeah. was around 09 and then I went to New York to play fighting games and you know loved it and then like a year later i ended up moving to new york so that i can you know do fgc stuff full-time which was really exciting but um you know i started in first person shooters and i'm very very competitive and i just got tired of relying on a team to compete which was my main appeal of hopping over to the fighting game side of things in general because i was like what i can compete and i don't have to worry about dumbasses on my team yeah this is a good <laughs> idea and then i started actually learning fighting games and realized it's probably like the hardest genre of all <laughs> games ever and i was like damn this humble buys is super real right now but <laughs> i love the community and i love fighting games and you know i kind of look at it like each fighting game is its own genre almost because you know i'm learning tekken now and you know i, I do play marvel and i have played street fighter and you know i play like Skullgirls and stuff so i've had a taste of like a bunch of different fighting games and i feel like with first person shooters i played almost every first person shooter and i competed in almost every first person shooter but they all felt generally the same and i don't get that same feeling from fighting games so i think that's why i like it more because there's more depth and there's more levels and every game feels really really different to the point that it's almost like a whole new genre so i hear you yeah. but are you on that apex legends Oh my god. I did play a couple of games when it first came out. It was definitely like Call of Duty meets Fortnite, but not as realistic as PUBG. So I felt like they kind of took all these elements from a bunch of different games and, you know, it didn't really feel any different from playing like Fortnite and PUBG. So I don't know. They just added it to the bunch. You want to talk about a battle royale I'm hype about? It's going to be Tetris 99. <laughs> so. I haven't played it. It's like free to play if you have the online, right? I got to try that. All right. No, but of course, we brought you here to talk about FGC stuff and you got some cool stuff happening. Uh, the XO Academy. Am I getting that right? It's the yeah. full title of it, right? Now, when I first heard it, I was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to help women uh, in the FGC or in esports kind of like learn how to do it. I was like, that's kind of vague. Of course, once you do a little more research, there's more to it. But why don't you, um, if you care to, just uh, walk us through what EXO Academy is, and then we'll get into what you hope to achieve with it. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, EXO Academy it is my initiative to help 
female fighting game players step it up you know what i mean resources can be so valuable and they can come in so many different forms and i feel like a lot of time all players in general you know, don't know where to start or they don't know where to find the resources they need to, you know, surpass the plateau that they've reached, so on and so forth. So the program itself is a four week intensive training program where the players are selected through an application process. And, you know, we help them out in as many ways as possible to help make them a better competitor and a better gamer and a better personality, like overall, just a better overall player for the community and for gaming in general and hopefully they can walk away from the program and feel confident enough to obtain a sponsor or know how to network a little bit better because we do match them up with a hand-picked coach for the game of their choice but we also put them through special skills training so we have media training so you know they can be prepared to do interviews and um, to do cool stuff with media outlets and then also you know just being aware of social media things and it's not so much to censor them but to protect them because you know it's social media in 2019 we all know how slippery of a slope that it can be sometimes so you know i think that's really important something that's swept under the rug too often which is why we see a lot of really awesome players kind of you know, have a lot of foot and mouth syndrome and they lose opportunities. So, you know, that's something I'm excited about. Physical therapy is also a part of the special skills training, which is super exciting for me because, you know, I have known people who can't play anymore because of, you know, issues they're having with their hands or their arms or things like that. And, you know, anything we can do to prevent our players from going through that, you know, we're going to do it. So having Kate on board as our physical therapist has been cool. And, you know, the girls in wave one so far have been implementing like their hand stretches and stuff like that, which is (laughs) really exciting because they tell me they do actually feel a major difference in their execution when they do that. So, you know, it might be a little stretch of you just extending your fingers for 15, 20 reps before you play, but it can make the world of the difference in your set. So on top of that, we also have marketing and branding um, by Carolyn Mama Dow. So that's exciting because she's definitely an expert in her field. And, you know, having a good idea of your own brand and how to present yourself to companies and in esports nowadays is very important, especially when you want people to be able to identify with you. And if you don't have a clear vision, you're hopping around with your direction for yourself, like no one's going to be able to follow that direction with you. So Mm -hmm. having a clear mind of things like that is super important too. But the main focus is definitely gameplay. I do have kind of like an elective I guess you could say I ask all the players in the application, what other interests do you have? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you interested in commentary, content creation, cosplay, um, you know, tournament organizing, in which I do also wow. have coaches on deck. Vampy bit me for cosplay, James Chen for commentary, wow. um, Corey Gaming for content creation. Dang. So, you know, I'm really excited about our special skills team because they're legit and they're going to help these girls, you know, walk away with more that than is... just learning how to play the game a little bit better, but That's they're going to be confident in multiple facets of the FGC and of gaming. And the more confident you are, the better you perform, the better you feel, you know, the better you can lead by example. So that's the goal, you know, prepare them, get them ready, get them knowledgeable. And then at the end of the four week training, we send them to a major event. So The first wave, we're going to final round. We're halfway through the wave. And we have about two weeks left of the first wave of training. So, you know, in two weeks, both the girls are going to go to final round. They're going to, like, test their might, implement the things they learned these past four weeks. And, you know, hopefully really show up and show that these resources and this practice and this dedication to this training 
works. Like hard work beats, beats talent. And I feel like that's something that I want to prove with this program, especially with all these women who are hungry and dedicated and like looking forward to participating in this and, you know, making waves and like shutting people up because <laughs> I think that's something that we're kind of all tired of hearing at the end of the day that, you know, we're not as good as everybody else, but it also comes down to resources. You know, there's a lot of men out there also that are not very good, but I bet if they had resources too, they'd be up there just that. like anybody yeah. else. So I feel like that is just a big stepping stone. I'm trying to let these women use EXO Academy as a stepping stone so that they can get better and, you know, go out there into the world and make a career and be a professional player. Yeah. And, you know, the people that I'm picking, I do confidently feel like they all have that in them. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to how wave one pans out. Wave two is coming up for combo breaker. Um, we have space cake and SVL. So street fighter girl and a Tekken girl. And then, Wave three is coming up for CEO, which we haven't announced our duos yet, but um, that's really exciting. Probably one of my most favorite pairings is coming up for wave three, but we'll announce that a little closer cool. to that time. We'll keep our and, ear to the, um, yeah. to the ground on that one. Now, this sounds incredible and very well thought out, and I'm Ambitious. glad it's specifically for women <laughs> in the FGC. And I'm wondering, I, I know there's a lot of details on the Patreon, on the website, on the Twitter um, how can we really follow along this and see this happening? Because there's a lot of lessons for everyone in the FGC to learn seeing this. And it's obviously very motivational for, for people in the FGC, especially women, to see this and see the growth. Yeah, I mean, our main home for the Academy right now is Twitter. Okay. So you can follow us at XO Academy FGC. Um, that is our main place of information, I guess, because for my own sanity, I didn't want to make an Instagram and a Twitter and a Facebook and like, okay, I'm only one person. I am doing all this and organizing all of this on my own. So I was like, hey, for my own sanity, I have a Twitter. You guys can go check it out on Twitter. And then if you want to more directly support us, you can check out the Patreon. So Patreon is patreon.com slash exoacademy. That's where we release all the lessons from, you know, special skills trainings to gameplay trainings. We also have weekly vlog updates from the players. So you can get a feel of, you know, how they're going through the program and stuff too, which I just released Peachon's vlog yesterday. And I've been putting all the content behind the Patreon paywall. But yeah. that vlog I just put on our YouTube because everyone deserves to watch it. She's right in the middle of what I think a lot of players go through when they're hungry to compete and when they're hungry to get better, but they still hold those L's along the way. And sometimes it can be really hard on your your mental and your you know uh, emotional state of being working so hard and still taking L's and you know she was going through a lot of that this week and she really had a very vulnerable vlog in which she talked about that experience but by the end of it you know she was able to keep an open mind like yes I'm losing but it's not under the same circumstances that I was losing before I started the program you know everyone's getting better just like I am, you know, that's something she says in the vlog. And, you know, she's getting through these trials and tribulations of staying motivated while taking L's all the time, which is not easy, but it's something every fighting game player goes through yeah. when they're learning fighting games and being able to get through that hurdle and not get discouraged and not give up and still also be able to respect yourself enough to give yourself the credit of your progress because we're all our own worst enemy, you know? So that's huge too. And watching that vlog, it even 
made me feel a little bit more motivated to play and not take my L so harshly and, you know, actually give myself credit from time to time. So I made that vlog free because I feel like everyone needs to watch it. And like, please do uh, if you haven't I, seen it. I was it. wondering about that, right? Because I'm on the Patreon and there's, I went to YouTube, I actually saw it because I was doing research today. <clears throat> I went to the, and I saw you had one vlog up. I'm like, well, where's the rest of it? Right. Me naively when I was still doing my research. And on the Patreon, everything is behind the paywall. And I wonder, I understand the reason why to do it, right? Because it's mm -hmm. valuable uh, content that literally teaches skills in some instances and, and other things. But I wonder if that kind of hurts the reach of the, of the whole initiative if you kind of paywall the whole thing. Right. Like, if I have my my way I wouldn't put anything behind a paywall but like I said I am one person yeah. I do have a small amount of money invested into this and I want to reach more women and you know trying to find ways to keep the program sustainable while also trying to you know take advantage of the fact that we do have some quality content and stuff like that like it's a hard balance but at the end of the day the Patreon being live for two months has already helped tremendously because we do pay the coaches for their time. You know, as much as I know all of these people involved would do this voluntarily and do it for free, I didn't want it to be that way because right. I value their time and, you know, people deserve to be paid for 100%. the skills that they're bringing to the table. And that's something I really wanted to do. So, you know, it does take effort and money to keep it going but it's all for a good cause because i'm not charging these girls anything i'm just charging them for their time you know i just want them to be dedicated and to take it seriously because it is a very demanding program you know I, we require three days a week of streaming for a minimum of two hours you meet with your gameplay coach and a special skills coach every week you have to attend one offline event every week so you can get offline experience wow. and um you know you have to submit your vlogs every week and you know it you have to interact with social media and stuff like that. So there are a lot of requirements and guidelines for them to participate, but it's worth it at the end of the day because it teaches good habits. It gets them in the groove of consistency, which is important in content creation and streaming and just, you know, in general gaming right now because people like seeing that consistency. And once they go through this four weeks, you know, it takes 21 days to make or break a habit, right? Once they go through these four weeks, they'll be able to see that it's easier than they might have thought to be consistent in streaming and practice and then also fit it within their daily lives. It's I, not easy, but it's doable, and they'll see that. That, that seems like a real grind, and you have a stacked faculty. I think it's awesome. Um, but it almost feels like these aren't just skills. FGC is as good a niche as any to start in. <clears throat> and as you pointed out, there's a need and a hunger and, and people that are interested in this, clearly. Um, but I wonder if like what you're actually doing is preparing women on a larger scale to uh, deal with the modern landscape, in particular <laughs> in esports. I told mm -hmm. you I was going to bring it up, this uh, esports dress <laughs> that uh, people were tweeting about. Um, you know, I can imagine now people that have gone through your course can probably, hey, let me throw up a vlog on, and give an opinion on this because that's the name of the game of putting out content. Um, but we have you here, and I want to know how you feel about <laughs> Uh, never seen before in esports, high quality polyester, skin friendly, given a new identity to female gamers. Hashtag women in esports <laughs> uh, dress. I think it was like pure <laughs> comedy when I first saw it. it. It's actually really funny when I first found out about it because, um, like this past week, I've kind of just been making these little designs and stuff, and mostly it was for fun. Sometimes, you know, if I don't feel like I'm getting enough mental stimulation, I'll like play something or I'll, I'll like design something, right? So I started designing these little things under this 
name I've given it called Magic Pixel, and they're all super bright and fun and girly or whatever, right? They're super cute. Well, I wake up, and someone tags me in, like, a tweet, and they're like, it's crazy I see these two tweets right next to each other. And it was that tweet with the dress, <laughs> and then it was my tweet with my designs, and they were like, you can really tell the difference between, like, when people look for input on what women want in this community and when they don't. And then, you know, I went to the thread, and I read all the comments. Of course, it was like a feast i was like this is yeah. so funny like this is pure comedy like every comment and you know even seeing that they didn't have any women involved in the production of this item and i was like kind of shows also they didn't do much re like research there have been jersey dresses and esports dresses out there since before <laughs> before them so i just think it's kind of crazy because you know it's crazy from my point of view as a woman in, in the community because I've gone through all these phases, right? I went through the phase where, man, like, oh, you can't be a girl. Girls don't play. You're probably a little boy. To, oh, you're a girl. Well, you probably suck. You're around, but you're probably a whore. Da, da, da. Then it went to, okay, we're, we understand girls are in the community. Yeah, whatever, but they're bad, right? Now we've come to this point where people are like, you know what? Women are here and we respect them. Now it's to the point where I am appreciative we've gotten to that point where we are gaining more respect and treated more equally. But it also is on this weird line of people trying to be like, hey, let's prove we support women and uh, let's just try to push out women-related things as fast as possible with not, without taking into consideration the things they could do better with it. You know, don't shove it in our face that we're, you know, girls all the time and, hey, we're making this for you, you know. <laughs> How about bring us on board, get our ideas, get someone with our point of view to help you make things that are really cool and then promote it in a way that is not so, OMG, let's give women their identity and more like, hey, you know, it's about time you guys had some cool shit too. <laughs> like there's definitely a difference there. Mike, do you you kind of answered the question I was about to ask, which is that, you know, for people and especially men in these leading FGC and these leading esports roles, what can they do better to help women in the community and who can they go to and what I just, I mean, you already kind of answered that, but if you mm -hmm. want to elaborate a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just get us involved. Like I have kind of seen both sides of the coin, I guess. Like I've been working with next hit wins and they've been helping with all of the XO t-shirts and you know, my scrubby versus mashy shirt that I have with them also and a bunch of other cool ideas, but you know, they take their time out to ask, you know, what can we do better or what can be, you know, the next thing we involve. And they ask me for my input and they do want to do female clothing also. And I went to SynCal standoff and we all, we, I had a little, I had a little meeting with them, me and Next Hit Wins, but we were like in this little lounge area and, you know, Mama Dow and um, Rose and Sierra, they were kind of in the lounge too. And I was talking to Next Hit Wins and I was like, man, we need leggings, dude. Like leggings are <laughs> the best. Like we love leggings. Let's make some cute leggings. And, you know, they were a little on the fence. They were like, well, you know, if you think it's a good idea, we can definitely, like, look into the option. And I just turned around, and I looked at the girls, and I was like, hey, if we made leggings, before I even finished the sentence, they were all like, yes, leggings, yes, you know? <laughs> and that was already proof to the guys at Next Hit Wins, like, okay, so there is obviously an interest. And all it took was me turning and asking a couple of girls their <laughs> thoughts on wearing some leggings that is more tailored to what we like in our interests as well. So it's that easy. I'm like, just ask. Like, we're more than happy, happy to help all the time. 
Um, and, and, and I guess the trope that's getting old here is that guys like, no, 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 we know what you want. Here's what you want um, without asking is clearly a, it's a fool. But you know what's so funny? If a girl were to have showed up to a tournament without any of this advertising, let's just say they gave a girl that dress and she showed up to a tournament, you really think anybody, any guy at that tournament would not be like, wow, that thing's ugly. Why are you trying so hard? Oh, my God. You know, they're going to throw a whole bit about it. But then now that it's out and it's, like, going the other way, they're like, oh, it's just a dress. Like, come on, guy. Like, why you got to complain about everything? And I'm like, <laughs> you're missing the point, though. <laughs> no, I think it was, uh, I think it was, to be honest, kind of shameful. It's like uh, I'm going to shamelessly market towards women as it's, like, not any kind of thought or real uh, good intentions. It was like, can right. we make money off of women? That's what it felt like to me, to be perfectly honest, if, if, when I saw it that first It wasn't even, tweet. like, that cute either <laughs> like dang if the design was just a little better they honestly probably wouldn't have had that much of an issue but the design looked like a guy opened up photoshop yeah. and dragged over the design from the jersey and was like wow this is perfect for women <laughs> yeah I showed, I showed it to my wife and she was like what the fuck <laughs> what's this shit i think uh, our our uh, respective significant others had similar effects and pretty much any other woman right had they just made a jersey in a women's cut with the same exact design <laughs> would have been perfect but no it's like they tried too hard it's kind of like um you know when they used to make those memes like oh this is what companies think women want and it's like barbie game and yeah. like you know all this like super girly stuff that is very cliche and it's like what we actually want and it's like something completely different well i felt like it was pretty much on that level and I guess that just goes to show, like, how much bigger gaming is getting and more people getting involved and are less in touch with the actual community and in real people yeah. playing games without trying to say gamer girls. They even dropped that in their yeah. tweets, too. <laughs> I was dying. It was so crazy. So but, yeah. <laughs> I love how you keep this super positive and I love how you're a super positive role model with this program. But I'm wondering uh, on, a, on a serious note, I mean, where do you feel like the FGC specifically is currently lacking with regards to treatment of women? Are there any places that you think the general public should be thinking and looking about and trying to improve specifically to help the community be more inclusive? Um, at the end of the day... It comes down to everyone taking accountability for their own actions and their own friends sometimes. Like, if you see someone getting off the cuff, like, it's okay to be like, yo, chill out. Like, you're actually going to make this worse for yourself. I mean, aside from that, I think the FGC has been pretty good, like, compared to when I first joined the FGC. Like, it's definitely gotten better. And then you get these one-off instances here and there, um, you know, of people not being so good so those are the ones that always get the most attention but i feel like compared to how it was when i first came to the community it's gotten so much better um i think where the big disconnect happens which apologies in advance if i piss anybody off but you know where the real problem is is just guys underestimating us not treating us as if we were just anybody else right i go and try to run sets you're going to just play and press one button against me the whole round and not really give me legit sets, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, it might be a little thing, like a whatever type of thing to other people. But would you do that if it was a guy that was that down next to you? 
Mm-hmm. Probably not. Like, you know what I mean? It's like just little things like that. Or even, you know, there's been times where I get really excited. I go to an event. I see someone there. I get to run sets with them. And they're like an out-of-towner I don't get to play with. And I don't even get to fight their main team. Why? Because you don't think I'm good enough to to fight against your main character or your main team. You know what I mean? It's like little things like that. Like I asked you for sets because I want to get experience off of, you know, I might think you're the best player with that character you use well of course i want to play you and get the best experience out of this character and then i sit down and you just pick like a secondary you know what i mean or even at times where i've requested someone to pick their main and they would tell me well you have to beat this character first i'm like why (laughs) why do i even have to do any of that you know so just little things is like just fucking play us treat us respect you know Share some knowledge with us. You see us getting beat by one thing over and over again? Why don't you just say, hey, yeah, that's unsafe. Or, hey, yeah, you can punish it with this. Like, it doesn't hurt. And honestly, that doesn't even just go to, like, female players only. Like, everybody. You're playing, be a little bit more open-minded. Because community is everything when it comes to keeping these games alive. And when I first started playing a little bit of Pokemon when it came out... The community was not that friendly to me. And then when I started playing Skullgirls, the community was so friendly that I still play it religiously to this day. Nice. So there's a difference between community pushing you away and bringing you in to learning and expanding your game. So it's like that stuff's super important. And I just think little things like that people don't take into consideration sometimes. And But I think it's worth noting that, like, we're in such a better position now. There's so many more women now that people actually can't get away with doing the same things that they did before. You know, they say something stupid on Twitter and the mob is coming for you. (laughs) We've seen that happen quite a bit and often. Persia, you got Magneto behind you there. You can't end a show with Persia on. (laughs) It's also on Mike's birthday, mind you. And not talk a little bit. happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) And not talk at least a little bit about Marvel. No, we got to. Is there even anything to be said? The only thing that's like potentially news is that F Champ keeps saying that they're pointing towards a new Marvel coming out. <laughs> oh, man. That might not be true. I don't know why he's holding on to that. Maybe he knew something that we didn't know. Um, but, you know, we talk about 09, and I think all three of us here are 09ers, and we all got into the fighting community around the same time. But really, Marvel is the one that I think you cannot deny really ignited the passion for a lot of people for a badass chunk of those years. Then it had an unceremonious yeah. kind of demise with uh, Marvel uh, Ultimate Infinite. I don't even remember what it's called anymore. Infinite. <laughs> yep. Infinite. Where are we now? Where are we now, guys? Well, I feel like we are where we've always been. <laughs> like, being the only ones to actually do anything for the game is the community itself. You know, I feel like the Marvel community has been going through that for a while now so i don't think you know they're deterred by it anymore they're just like oh you know this is just another day in the office as a marvel player (laughs) but i think there's actually more interest for a marvel 3 return as we've been seeing lately you know ray ray has been doing marvel 3 at nlbc the past few weeks um you know final rounds coming up there's definitely going to be a marvel 3 tournament there um you know there's always a marvel 3 side tournament and it's always hype like (laughs) it's just crazy it doesn't matter where it's at it's just the the nature of things but marvel 4 i'm not gonna hold my breath because you know being in the community and getting more involved in commentary and you know being able to experience what it's like working with a lot of different companies and 
hearing everyone's thoughts from these companies and their, you know, fireside stories. There's so much politics behind these games that we can't even fathom exist. And sometimes there's just nothing we can do as a community to change what's going on behind the scenes for these guys. You know, our game could be the most popular game in the whole wide world. But if those two companies or those three companies or whoever's involved behind the scenes can't get along, that's not our fault. And there's also nothing we can do. So it's like that's something that I've kind of come to learn. And I don't like to give in to leaks or teasers anymore because I don't want to get heartbroken. You know, like there's been too many times where I was like, yes, you know, someone leaked something about Marvel only to be disappointed. So it's like I'm going to wait. If something great happens, then hell yeah, I can get excited about it then. But I'm just saving myself from some personal heartbreak that I just can't take anymore with this game. You know, I've invested a lot of time into Marvel. And, um, you know, I I love it to death. And I'll always, you know, play it wherever it's at or hop on the mic wherever it's at. And I'm just bittersweet about it because I feel like it still deserves so much more even after Infinite came out. If if Marvel 4 comes out, he'll play it with his main team. (laughs) <laughs> I would have always, but yes. Uh, Persia, we have... Probably a- be better than you. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think we've run out of time here, but is there any other shout-outs or plugs that you want to give before we uh, say goodbye to you? Um, well, thanks for having me. It was fun. I'm sorry I totally talked everyone's ear <laughs> off. I'm like my second bubble in, and I was like, woo, we're rolling with this. So thanks for dealing with that. Um, just everyone watching, please support the Academy. We're doing some great things, and, you know... It only gets better with everyone's support and just seeing how well both of our girls have been doing with this first wave and everyone's support with this first wave. Like, just thank you so much for that support. Everyone who's already subscribed to our Patreon, you are the best. Like, you helped us so much these past two months and you don't even know it because it makes everything so much more smooth when we can get everything squared away for the girls, whether it be registration, their tournament fees for their locals or their major, stuff like that. Like, all of that is helped you guys so please check out us on twitter xo academy fgc or on patreon which is patreon.com slash xo academy awesome Persia, thank you so much especially thank since like uh you helped us out here on short notice but uh i appreciate it i think we need more female opinions on the show uh, for one but for also sure. just uh badass members of the community awesome thanks so much and hey my door is always open <laughs> so let me know right on thank you Persia, and thank you everybody at home who watched the show uh, this has been Best of Five, and we'll see you next week. Happy birthday, Mike.